This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. Hi, this is Alex McClelland, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, obviously, it's nearly midnight and obviously tennis is still going on because that's what the Davis Cup finals is. We're learning very quickly here on the tennis podcast on our daily shows. And Matt is sitting in exactly the place he was 24 hours ago in the same clothes and looking incredibly similar. So I think he hasn't left. Uh, Matt, tell us tell us that's not true. I promise I have. But I do admit that I am sitting in exactly the same place, wearing exactly the same jacket and feeling once again like I've lost all sense of time and the difference between night and day. And my life at the moment is one long, giant tennis match. Okay. The Davis Cup Finals app has lost all sense of time as well, Matt. So you're in good company. (laughs) The Davis Cup Finals app has lost all sense. (laughs) But we we, we do... do. It's becoming like a thing it like a global thing now though it's sort of parodying itself (laughs) everything's come full circle and it's just i mean you know an app has failed if you're unable to tell whether or not it's been hacked (laughs) (laughs) it's had an update though does that mean it works now no (laughs) it's worse oh dear it's, it's it's really great it has in a really entertaining way it, it has unfortunately reached the stage where i just don't trust it it was showing it was showing that um instead of germany selling fertilizer yes so, <laughs> i and mean it, genuinely and it was showing that germany had won a tie break 2018 which i believed to be a lie until i checked all <laughs> other live score apps and turns out that actually was the tie break the longest tie break in davis cup history um, oh wow but That's I didn't awesome. believe it when I read it on the app. I thought it was a. I thought it was a, a glitch. Colombia are showing. We're showing us cabbage all day. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's really great. And um, and Canada as dog. <laughs> Which is yeah. I'm supporting them. Yeah, Catherine's right. As you can tell, Catherine's back. I should also say that was Alex McClelland in the intro. So thank you very much, Alex, uh, for contributing to our Kickstarter uh, ahead of this year, which has enabled us to to produce six gazillion podcasts pod, podcasts this year. Um, so as you can tell, we've produced so many, I can barely talk. Uh, so thank you, Alex. Uh, we'll, re- we'll be starting our 2020 campaign on the 2nd of December. And if you'd like to introduce a show just as Alex has there, you'll be able to do so when our Kickstarter launches on December the 2nd. Right. Great Britain played today. And, uh, and they just about won uh, against the Netherlands. But Catherine, it was skin of the teeth stuff. Took a blooming long time, didn't it? I mean, that tie went on all my life. <laughs> I literally had, I think I had two naps during the course of those three <laughs> tennis matches. Honestly, 
Um, <laughs> the second one, I had one of those naps where I w- w- wasn't wasn't in the deep sleep. I was in sort of the surface sleep where the the commentary was seeping into my consciousness. So I was having a nap, but it was like I was on the court with Wesley Coolhoff and Robin Harser and Neil Skubsky and Jamie Murray. Um, and How were you playing? Michael, who was in commentary. Um, I was I was doing all right. It was a very anxious time, <laughs> um, which is what the whole tie seemed to be. Um, yeah, I mean, all three matches, total skin of the teeth. I mean, just it was all completely classic Davis Cup, wasn't it? It was a rusty Andy Murray um, winning a match that he probably didn't have any right to win, really. I mean, he's pretty much said that. He had Dan Evans battling away and then Neil Skubsky being the best player on the court. A real sort of coming-of-age moment for for Neil Skubsky, which is a very um, uplifting side plot to the whole thing. Yeah, because, I mean, Evans really should have won the tie for, for Great Britain in two, shouldn't he? Because he was a set and he was serving for the match uh, to win it in straight sets, ended up losing to Robin Harser, who played very well to come back, actually. Fair play to him. I mean, there was there was some good stuff played by the Netherlands today. How, how old is Robin Harser? I feel like he's been around a really very long time. He's nearly as old as me. I think uh, certainly in his thirties. Okay, I'm not. Okay, I'm in my forties, but um, he's not as young as springtime anymore. Uh, I thought he was going to come out and play uh, play doubles after that singles because he and Wesley Coolhoff have been a have been a doubles partnership for the um, since Coolhoff ditched Sitsipas. They've been a doubles partnership for the latter half of this season, but of course they've got you know a, a, a top ten top tenor waiting in the wings in Jean-Julien Roger. But um, yeah, after those efforts against Evans, I was thinking, God, is this, how old is this bloke? Is he going to come out and play doubles as well? <laughs> he he is surprisingly young, Robin Hauser. Oh. 32. Oh. Which, which, oh, crikey. I thought he was sort of like Mao Federer. Same. I thought he was, I would have said like 37. Mm, yeah, I'd have, ah. that would have been about my guess. Well, he, maybe he you should have got out there and played doubles then. <laughs> yeah, it's his fault. I, I thought it was very impressive from Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski, what you were saying there about it looking like Dan Evans was going to win that match. You know, for, for Jamie Murray and Neil Skupski sitting on the sidelines, their whole mentality had to shift during that Dan Evans because they thought they were going to be playing pretty much a, a dead rubber. And then suddenly they were in a must-win match. And for them to come out with such good intensity from the start, I thought was really, really impressive from both of them, especially Neil Skupski on his uh, Davis Cup debut. Well, yeah, because we all saw his initiation speech, didn't we? And he looked seriously nervous when he was (laughs) doing that. I mean, he he looked way more nervous doing that than he did when he was out on court playing. Well, I mean, I suppose... He would be in as much as this was his. He was in his element, but he 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 really took over. He's in a team of Davis Cup champions as well, isn't he? Mm. I mean, that's yeah. I imagine he would have had a, a big dollop of um, of imposter syndrome. And I've watched quite a lot of uh, Jamie Murray Neil Skubsky throughout the year, actually, because we've we've covered a lot of doubles on on Prime. And I've been really uncertain about that partnership and the chemistry of it. I mean, I don't mean chemistry in terms of how they get on. They obviously get on really well, but just that sort of magical extra element on the court that he, that Jamie and Bruno definitely had. You know, they're contrasting personalities, almost a sort of charisma factor, really. really. And often when I've been watching them, I've been struggling to see kind of who the leader in the team is, who's the one bringing the energy. It's It's often felt a bit flat. Um, and Neil Skubsky just stepped up today. It was like he he realised that that's what was needed, and I think it being a Davis Cup match, sort of stepping up for your country. If you're a if you're slightly diminutive or introverted character, I think it's easier to have almost the shield of of doing it for your country than doing it for yourself. And he he completely stepped up um and it was it was a really uplifting sight actually not for Paul Harhus um, who yeah. i imagine is having a terrible evening 
because he he lives and breathes all of it, doesn't he? He's I mean, everyone's pretty into it, but Paul Harhus is very into it. Side side note on Neil Skupski: How many initiation things do they have to do these days? <laughs> he d- he's done two speeches and a song. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like stag do's and bachelor What's the parties. Song? Stag What's do's. The song? Uh, he had to sing a song at, uh, at their team dinner. Um, oh, I'm glad I missed I mean, that. you know, he, he, stag do's used to be one night. Now they're a week. And you know, bachelor parties for you Americans. Oh, anyway. Uh, that's that rant out of the way. What about Andy Murray? Um, before we talk about him, let's let's hear from him because he seemed a bit under the weather today, uh, a bit sluggish. Why? You know, like when I was 25, like it's quite easy, like after a couple of weeks of practice, like, um, you know, physically you, I don't know, it's it's quicker to sort of get going, whereas now it takes a little bit longer. And when I first step on the court after two weeks of playing, I'm a little bit more careful. I've also made quite big changes to the way that I train off the court um, as well, which, um, you know, I think contributes a little bit to, to, to that in terms of taking a little bit more time to, to get going. And also, you know, my, you know, the weight and things like that, like that's that's my fault. And, you know, I, I've i never had that in my career before. Um, something as I think as you get older, you need to keep a closer eye on, uh, which I, I won't put myself in that position again i'll make sure that when i do have breaks that you know i'm more careful with with um what i'm eating and you know look at that but i mean if you if you're weighing sort of four or five kilos more than you're used to that is probably going to affect you know how you feel moving around the court and stuff you know it's, you go in a gym and lift a medicine ball up it's five kilos it's pretty heavy um so i need to I need to do better with that and you know that's my fault that's not anyone else's responsibility but I, th- I think that that can contribute um as well so there's Andy Murray too many chocolate biscuits um and I mean quite, it's quite it's quite a kind of vivid image isn't it of him picking up a five kilo medicine ball and thinking to himself that's how much weight I've put on in the space of a month I mean he put on a blooming lot of weight in four four weeks he's really troubled by it isn't he <laughs> What was his, what was his demeanour like in that press conference, Matt? He was kind of flat. I think I think those mid-tie press conferences are a bit weird because he's not quite sure of the situation of the match. So he's kind of thinking about the Dan Evans match, which was going on at that time. He's got one eye on that, so you know he, he doesn't want to be really upbeat about his victory, just in case it turns out that. Britain then go on to lose the tie. So he was kind of cautious, but he doesn't sound very well to me. He's got a bit of a cough. Um, Leon Smith was asked about that, and he said he doesn't think it's anything more than that. But he he wasn't himself, that's for sure. Um, He was clearly frustrated with kind of the level that he was putting out there Um, and the fact that, you know, he's not in, in shape and he kind of blames it. He really does blame himself for that, as we heard in that in that clip. And I think, you know, for someone like Murray, who's always been so obsessive and precise about all his training routines and being in peak physical condition, for him to be at the Davis Cup finals and not feel like that must just be completely alien to him. I would compare it a little, though, to the way Rafael Nadal looked at the 0-2 in his first match against Alexander Zverev when he looked so rusty. Um, Murray's first match in, in four weeks. I think he can. I think he'll only get better from here. What do you think? I, I agree. I think his tennis will get better. I just, I'm slightly concerned about his physical conditioning. I mean, that, that wasn't a concern with Nadal. I don't think it was just that he couldn't can play um but Murray was really flagging during that match and I know we've seen that a lot before but if Britain are to go far in this Davis Cup finals you know they're probably going to need Murray to play every day maybe you know we can talk about what the selection will be for tomorrow they might not play him tomorrow but they're going to need him and it's a physical toll which I'm not quite sure he's he's ready for Mm. It's yeah. It is tomorrow. That's the one thing with starting on Wednesday to win the thing. They've got to play every mm. day now, haven't they? And it's Kazakhstan tomorrow. Is that right? What time's that? Uh, in the morning, eleven o'clock start again. 
yeah. Um, and obviously they have two roughly top 50 singles players in Kukushkin and Bublik. So, you know. That's going to be fun. Bublik is fun. Bublik is great fun. And I kind of feel like whoever Britain put out in that match, that'll be the number one. So it'll either be Edmund or Evans. Bublik's going to control the fate of that match because if he's on he can do things on a tennis court to take the record out of your hand but if, if he's off you know he's all over the place so I think you know the pick there is whoever can maybe get in get in Bublik's head and get him missing because if he's allowed to play his game and express himself that would be a really tough tough tie I wouldn't pick Kyle Edmund for that given the given what you've just described mm. yeah that's I I, th- I think maybe Evans might fancy it. Actually, uh, I think Evans he... is better at being an irritant. <laughs> True, um, and also he you know was... what I mean. You know what I mean in terms of imposing himself on a on a tennis match mentally. Um, could you imagine was... the aggro that could could emanate from that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Yes, <laughs> see, that's worth, what I'm angling this for be here. Worth watching this. Okay. Uh, it's winner take all, isn't it? Yes, the uh, the winner will go through, and the second place team might go through, but we won't know that until all the group matches are complete. Uh, so, yeah, Britain's only way to guarantee going through is is to win that tie tomorrow. Okay, right then. So Britain won eventually, and it was very, very close. Uh, I think Murray's match was about three hours long. We've just had... Matches are still going on, as I say. The, the big one on at the moment uh, that we're watching is Italy-America. Um, Australia... It'll never end. <laughs> I'm not convinced the tennis will ever end. Australia hasn't finished yet, but uh, they're already 2-0 up. Alex Dimonor uh, has just beaten David Goffin. Was it a six-love first set in that? Yeah. Yes, Crikey. which was very low down in my list of potential score lines between De Manor <laughs> and Goffin. I was expecting yeah. that to go on for just hours. Um, but Goffin was really ropey at the start. He was missing the court by significant margins. And De Manor was just making him play about eight more shots than he wanted to have to, you know, to, to, have to play. And, yeah, it just became a bit of a rout. Goffin woke up eventually right at the end, but it was it was a bit late, and, yeah. did, and Dimonor got him in a second-set tie-break. It got, it got close, actually. Goffin wasn't far away. He had a set away. point in the second. Yeah, he wasn't mm. far away, was he? And right, it made me laugh on set point, or on match point, rather, when Dimonor won. He turned around to Hewitt and did, did a real Hewitt-type celebration, and Hewitt just <laughs> laughed in his face. He just found it hilarious. <laughs> Um, Nick Kyrgios won as well his was quite similar as well wasn't it because he, he was just destroying Steve Darcy in the first set and then second set got pretty stressful And but the, the big kind of takeaway point was the serve of Kyrgios wasn't it Matt what, what were those stats again so he every time he got his first serve in he won the point 43 out of 43 <laughs> which is that is bonkers bonkers and I lost, I lost track, to be honest, at the end. But he ended up with 22 aces, I think, including nine of his last 12 serves. Something like that were aces. It was literally every time he was stepping up, he was just banging it down in the corner. Um, it was aces and then slice backhand to slice backhand rallies. That yes. was the <laughs> composition of that match. Yes, I'm not sure whether I want Steve Darcy's, <laughs> Darcy's backhand, backhand slice or I want to... Steve Darcy's backhand slice because the thing is just beautiful. It 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 is literally you know the way I was sitting courtside. I could tell it was just inches over the net and staying so low and just manoeuvring the ball around. It was an absolute joy to watch. Um, he was just he was just out kind of out hit eventually by Kyrgios in some of those rallies, but. Oh, he's a he's a joy, Steve Darcy, to watch. Unfortunately, that's the last time we can watch him because he's retiring. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he'll come and put on an exhibition just for you. YouTube is my friend, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think actually, Kyrgios is a very interesting story. I I spoke to Hewitt about it in the press conference at the start of the week because Hewitt didn't pick Kyrgios to play Davis Cup at the start of the year. Their qualifier, he left him out, um, saying that he. 
basically wasn't up to the week in week out standards that he demands um and i was i said to him you know in what way has kyrgios shown those standards <laughs> over the last few months you know it's not exactly been you know what you would call week in week out perfect behavior from nick kyrgios and and Hewitt said it all started in, in Indian Wells when Kyrgios came up to Hewitt and they had a discussion. And he said, look, I really, really want to play Davis Cup. This is basically my priority. And I will, you know, I want, really want to be in that team at the end of the year. Now we've qualified. And Hewitt said, OK, well, you just need to, you just need to prove it to me that that is the case. And what he really singled Kyrgios out for was the fact that he is constantly practicing and training and being just a, a mate really with all the other Australian players and that really comes across in his relationship with Dumanor because they're very different characters very different tennis players and yet they really seem to get on um, both their kind of dynamics between when one's on the bench and one's on the court and you see them constantly together on social media clips and you know I think Kyrgios his, the best version of himself comes out when he's in this team environment and he's he's earned his spot back in back in that side he really looks like he cares doesn't he and wants mm. it and and that is the version of Nick Kyrgios that I want to see I was quite interested to see the dynamic between Kyrgios and Hewitt on the court thinking there might be a bit of aggro or attitude um and there was disappointingly little <laughs> both of that because they they haven't got on have they they've been no. you know, they've been pretty open about all of that and I'd imagine uh, it's really interesting what you said I imagine his relationship with Dominor Kyrgios's would really ingratiate him with with Hewitt because they are very close haven't yeah. aren't they I think they share a, an agent and Hewitt's been very instrumental in Dominor's development so yeah just um it's nice it's nice to see Kyrgios caring so much Still time for um, the aggro as well. But, I, I, th- but, I think he's had... You know, some aggro would be fine. He's had, two, he's had two months off as well, don't forget. I think mentally he, it'll have refreshed him, uh, which, yeah. you know, he has to have, I think. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an interesting little side story, isn't it, to just see that dynamic. There's, so, there's a lot of them in this Davis Cup finals, having all this at once. You see a lot of stuff going on. There's, there's just so much of it is... <laughs> brilliant Tell honestly it's the, it. it's the it's the biggest revelation of of the tournament for me that it feels like a slam um what you mean by you know, that is the amount that's going on everywhere like it is in yeah. the first couple of rounds of a slam yeah it's i really love that about it you know just now and and as as i'm repeating myself from a couple of nights ago but the feed is is creating that sense really well i think you know just now the the dibinor goffam match finished and i thought oh, that's probably the exciting tennis done for the day. Now here my feed is showing me um, a thriller between Berrettini and Fritz. I feel like I was only watching Berrettini in his last match about <laughs> 14 hours ago. It's just you were relentless. It's brilliant. And, and Fanini in the stands looking just so into it. And this, um, is, this is exactly the kind of day that they had in mind when they thought we need to change the Davis Cup. You know, it... It used to be difficult to watch multiple Davis Cup ties because of different time zones and different streams. Now they are all in one place. It, it is easier to keep an eye on everything that's going on. And perhaps the, the biggest justification is that Marca, the sports um, newspaper here in Spain, is doing a kind of pullout every day for the Davis Cup. And on their front page today, they had a picture of Djokovic, Murray and Nadal. And they called it the day of the number ones. All, all former world number ones. And I, I looked up, when was the last time those three all played Davis Cup on the same weekend, on the same day, basically? And you have to go back all the way to September 2013. You know, we haven't seen it, that they've all been involved in the same tie for, you know, six years. And now they're all, they're all here today. They're all involved in matches with interesting storylines, as well as everything else that's going on. And as you said, it, it has felt like a really big, important event, like a slam that you just want to keep up with. Mm. Yeah, it's it is interesting, isn't it? Because you know you can try and guess how it's going to end up feeling, and yeah, I mean that those are my takeaways from it. And I mean, there's a, there's a heck of a lot of work that needs to be done on this sure. thing to improve it. Um, but I think that's 
some of that is inevitable just because it's the first time they've ever done it. Um, some of it is caused by the fact that they're crammed into a seven-day period. I was hearing in a very interesting interview with uh, the chief ex- chief operating officer of the ITF on Five Live today, and Russell Fuller really gave him a grilling about about this and, and the changes. And, and he did say, you know, really the goal is to try to have a, a two-week event, men and women, long-term. That is what he would love uh, to, to have and all these events to combine so that Fed Cup and Davis Cup and ATP Cup were just one big event I mean which is what we've kind of hoped we would have en- end up having one day uh, I think we've, we're still some years away from it probably but this is a start to it I mean that, that that's one interesting element of it um, and actually I, 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 I'm just going to play a little bit of um, audio from Novak Djokovic's press conference about this because he was asked what he thought about the Davis Cup final changes spoke at length he was talking about home and away and that he does miss that and he thinks you know maybe what they might need to do is bring an extra layer in to have an element of that to qualify for this thing in addition to what we've got now so I know there is a a round of it but he thinks maybe this should be an, an elite eight rather than 18 teams as we've got now. But he thinks it's the right direction to be going in. Listen to this. I'm sure that the organizers of this event are you know, uh, doing their best to make this a successful week, a successful event, which it's a lot of responsibility and pressure on them because this is the most traditional, historic team event in our sport over 100 years. So there's a tremendous burden of history on them to make it right. Um, then, of course... Scheduling was always an issue, you know, for both ATP Cup and and when and Davis Cup. Actually, in my opinion, which was an idea that that it could happen, was the merge between the two. And so I think it's still open for the future. I, I've been I've been part of discussions through the player council, through 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 various. Um, different ways in the last three years about the evolution of, of the ATP Cup and the changes on Davis Cup. And of course, the ITF and ATP are two different organizations. So it's very complex. It's not easy to make any, any change um, in, in our sport. But I think uh, when the change is made, at least you make that first step. Of course, you can always point out the negatives, but there are positives as well. So uh, looking long term, I, I personally don't think that uh, the two events can coexist six weeks apart. Um, it's just a little bit too congested. The most ideal, I think, time of the year is after US Open, probably end of September. That would be the best time to have uh, this Super Cup, whatever, one cup, hopefully, in the future. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. 
Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So that's Novak Djokovic's view. And I have to say, I think that's pretty sensible. He wants the combined events. Yeah, I was quite um, surprised when I listened to that clip, actually, um, because I think it's, um, well, I thought it was incredibly measured and just made a lot of sense. But, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that he's been quite heavily involved in, in, in the ATP Cup. He very much was a proponent of that, wanted it to happen. You know, it kind of feels like... Federer's baby is Labour Cup. Um, obviously, it's slightly different in that he is financially invested in in Labour Cup, but some comparisons. And Djokovic's baby is is ATP Cup, and you know we know that of the three team events that exist for for male tennis players, um, Federer is only playing the one that's that's his baby. He's not playing the other two. Um, Djokovic is is playing the ATP Cup and this one. Um, and I was surprised, I, I, I suppose, given that, given his in, investiture in ATP Cup, how how balanced he was um, in his approach to, to Davis Cup and uh, approach to to compromise, I suppose. It was really, I, I found that really, really pleasing to hear. Now, I realised that agreeing... <laughs> Agreeing on the destination is not the same as uh, agreeing on how to get there. I have no idea how we reach this point of of collaboration for the greater good of the game. But having some powerful voices saying that that's what's required is a big initial step. Yeah, we've still got the issue of, of uh, Labour Cup in September, which is the date that he's proposing, of course, but... Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He, he, it was that was interesting as well that he, he was basically saying it should be when Labour Cup is. Yeah. but didn't, didn't say Labour Cup. Just yeah. get them all in a room and find a solution. And if that means Roger Federer and teammate being a part stakeholder in this when Federer's retired, then fine. Or getting some of the proceeds, I don't care. You know, just stick all your creative juices into that as well, and just imagine how good it could be. I'm an I'm not I'm an optimist. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, on the subject, I mean, look, not everything's. You, Matt looked like he was wanting to to say something there. Go on, Matt. Well, I I was just wondering whether Djokovic ever regrets playing Labour Cup in a way, um, you know, because that that is the kind of tricky thing in all this, the position of Labour Cup, and if if he'd always been kind of more firmly against that perhaps it would be easier for him to stand on the other side of things but but then i suppose it sends as much of a message that he that he did try it he did play it and didn't didn't, didn't want to do back. it again yeah. i mean I, that yeah i think that so. sends a stronger message well, i think i think, it, I think than, it does. As, as i'm not sure he'd play it again um but we'll see won't we um so not everything has gone swimmingly over the last 24 hours. Um, you'll remember last night there was quite a lot of controversy about the walkover that Canada gave to the United States in the doubles. Having gone 2-0 up, they basically didn't play the doubles. Now, the rules require that players that are not fit to take part to be looked at by an independent doctor. The ITF have confirmed that three of their players did see an independent doctor and were ruled I don't know whether unfit to play is the the right wording, but uh, it it was deemed all well and above board. Um, But it does mean that the United States got this six-love, six-love scoreline, which could become a factor if they end up finishing second in their group and we go down to sets and and games in order to try to get through to the quarterfinals because there are two places that aren't uh, factored in by being top of the group. Now let's hear what Novak Djokovic and Andy Murray think about this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's good. Um, and I think that when I, we've spoken here yesterday, I was saying I felt like one of the positive things to the the way the group stages work is um, is that all of the matches are live. 
there isn't any dead rubbers. So where Canada may have felt that that was a, a dead rubber in theory for them because they were already through, that could have implications to you know to all of the teams uh, potentially that might finish in in uh, in second place. And you know I believe they also would have had two days off as well after that. So. I think they they should have. Um, I think they should have played the tie. Personally, don't don't like that. I mean, I mean that that shouldn't be allowed. To be honest, you know, uh, I understand that. You know, Canada is through already. They won both of their ties. Maybe they, you know, some of the players like Felix. I think he's injured, and they wanted to rest their players for the for the maybe the, the quarterfinals and onwards. But I just feel it's not fair. Also, to you know, <clears throat> not not fair that you know. The opposing team was at USA. Get six love, six love, because they are going actually head to head to now to, to against Italy, and then the winner might be you know is going to be second. But then that six love, six love might make a big difference in the calculations for the second best teams in the group. So I, I don't think that's fair to be honest. Uh, but I also understand that it wouldn't be fair if you just don't give a point, you know, because USA was ready to play doubles. So. Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I think uh, everyone should be obliged to come out and play. Well, pretty strong stuff from Andy Murray and from Novak Djokovic. Categoric, in fact. Um, this, Catherine, is is not right, is it? And they, they, they need to do something about this. I mean, Matt looked up, I think, earlier on today how they do it in the ATP finals. And if you... If you don't play one of your group matches, you cannot advance to the to the semi-finals, and yet it appears no such rule exists here. Yep, it's a glaring problem. Everybody seems united um, in agreement on that. I do wonder if it's you know the law of unintended consequences, whether this is just something that hadn't been foreseen, um, but now that it has, it it needs addressing immediately. Um, the unfortunate thing is it's, I suppose, too late in this instance and it could end up having a very real impact on the tournament, which will feel like there's always an asterisk. Um, I wonder if it'll be a bit like, you know, what happened in the the Rugby World Cup with one of the one of Scotland's games being, being cancelled and then, you know, essentially trying to take the tournament organisers to court. I do wonder if Italy might end up, the Italian Federation, if they do end up being shafted by this, um, might end up with um, feeling like they need to take action. But yeah, it's so it's so clearly not not right. Mm-hmm. It's not it Italy, has, though, has is to it? Be addressed. Yeah. That, was, oh. that was something I wanted to just uh, correct from what I said on yesterday's podcast when I was caught up in all the uh, ramifications potential <laughs> ramifications of this actually Italy are the, are the one team that it won't affect because uh, it will actually just affect all the other teams who finish as runners up in the other of groups course. Um, yes. in, in my head they were the ones who were going to most likely be directly affected by it but actually they're the only ones who won't be um, so it's the likes of uh, Belgium who finished second in their group and the loser of France, Serbia tomorrow, it could affect them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what what they want to happen from a tournament point of view and is for uh, Italy to beat the USA tonight, which is obviously ongoing as we, as we speak. And then it actually, from a tournament point of view, it won't matter in terms of the results, although it will obviously still be something that needs addressing. But if USA win that tie... It's, it's potentially very, very problematic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, for their sake, I hope that... Well, I, don't, I don't want to be wishing for a result at the same time, you know, for a, in order to, to not get a sort of awkward set of circumstances. Mm. It's tough, this, isn't it? Um, but they've, they've got themselves in a tricky position, and I, I dare say that will be changed at the earliest possible moment. But, yeah, it's... It's too late for this year, isn't it? Um, they they just need to kind of hope that they get away with it, really. Um, any other results of note today, Matt? Uh, who else has played? I, I can't even remember. Spain have played. Uh, yeah, Spain beat Croatia 3-0. Nadal played singles and then doubles, which I was a little bit surprised about. Uh, he beat he beat what someone called the budget borna in the... Um, <laughs> In 
in the singles, who who apparently is a kind of, I think he's played a lot of U.S. college tennis, and Correct. he's kind of a he's kind of a bit of a legend on that scene, but he's not really been known in uh, ATP circles. Um, but I must say, I feel really sorry for Croatia. They've you know they had the whole captaincy problem. Chilich, the t- talisman, Topsy was injured. Then Chorich got injured and has had a tough year as well. They've ended up losing all six rubbers. One of the one of the worst title defenses imaginable, <laughs> really, unfortunately. Um, and the and the original plan had been for the bottom two teams from the group phase of this Davis Cup finals to actually be relegated to the zone groups, which meant they would have been, you know, with a 0-6 record, they would have been relegated as defending champions. And that, that hasn't happened that often. Most recently, it was Argentina actually a couple of years ago, but that was the first time in a long time. Uh, they have actually changed that rule and they're not going to be relegated to the zone group. They will go into into the qualifiers. But, yeah, that just kind of points out just how tough it has been for them. But, I mean, you know, they were fielding today Borna Gojo, who's played one match on the ATP Tour. No, four matches on the ATP Tour, I think, and only won one. And Nikola Mektic, who's a doubles player. And he was thrown in in singles. It was, a, it was really, really unfortunate. Nadal got the job done efficiently didn't he and in goodness me he needed to do that I should say Novak Djokovic as well the same he he suddenly looks fresh now I th- we're in for a, an incredible few days potentially aren't we here because that, that is one of the elements we were talking about earlier today this afternoon whether we're trying to remember whether these guys have ever played each other in the Davis Cup and I think we came up with one meeting uh yeah 2009 Djokovic played Nadal and the only other all big four meeting, if you include Federer, was uh, Federer, Djokovic, but all the way back in 2006, so before Djokovic was a thing, really. So yeah, it hasn't it hasn't happened for a decade. Wow, amazing. Mm. Um, just just one uh, question here from Alison Bradwell on Twitter, and she wants to know Matt's thoughts on the organisation of the event from somebody who's there. For those of watching it from the outside, it feels like a train wreck, she says. Is it, I mean, is your sense, Matt, that it's teething trouble or is it as bad as as it as Alison thinks it is? The biggest issue for me is the scheduling. Um, the fact that they've pretty much scheduled it, kind of counting on matches lasting 90 minutes, two hours tops, and that just... That just isn't the case in tennis. You know, no tournament schedules six matches on one court in a day unless they're trying to make up for rain or something. You know, it's it's a completely one-off tournament in that sense in that there's so many matches on one court in one day and that does make it a bit hectic. There have been a few other teething problems. I think they could... I think they could enhance the fan experience. One thing you do notice walking around the outside is the distinct lack of screens. You know, if you're a fan like the um, Australia-Belgium fans and the US and Italy fans today waiting to get in for a a session which is overrun, you're outside the stadiums and there's no screens for you to be able to watch the tennis on. And that would seem a pretty basic thing that they could change just a couple of areas with some screens or screens around around the courts perhaps around the outside so that they could watch what was going on um so those would be my two takeaways i mean i think you you have to appreciate that it's the that it is the first go at this you know slams and atp tournaments run slick operations because they've been going for so long and and it's the people running them they know they know how to run the events this is a first go. There are some problems for sure, but if they can figure out a way to change the scheduling, I'm confident that it will seem less hectic. Uh, what's I've, been yours? What's been your I sense like watching on the telly? Feels. The hecticness is is my favourite thing. Yeah. I think they can. I think they can keep the hecticness of there just being loads of tennis going on at the same time. But you you can't be in a situation where you know repeatedly matches are ending at one two in the morning and you know they're ending at one two in the morning players are not going to bed for 
two or three hours after that. They're having to come back Matt and play. Roberts isn't going to bed for two or three hours after that. <laughs> is, is, my, is my disdain coming across? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that is an issue is that they have the to sort out. Matt Roberts starts drinking coffee. Do you know, I was thinking that. I was thinking that, and then, then I approached the coffee-making machine and was so intimidated by it, I walked away. Well, can we'll, you re- we'll know we've broken him. Can you remember the day that you started drinking coffee, Catherine, working for me? I remember it was at Queen's one year. <laughs> of course it was. I didn't drink coffee before I worked in tennis, and no. then it all went downhill. Yeah, that's right. Um, I should say... But, but Matt, just... Just to embellish further, Matt also doesn't even drink tea, no. folks. So I feel like there's a, there's a, you know, you need your gateway drug No, first. hold on. He doesn't even drink hot drinks. No. But what is there besides tea well, and coffee? Well, there's chamomile tea or there's hot chocolate. He doesn't even have hot chocolate. I mean, I, I have had hot chocolate. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want to make out that I'm some kind of complete freak. Um, have you had a frappuccino? No, because that 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 might be the answer. You know that you can't start with a frappuccino if you don't even drink tea, David. You can't start with a frappuccino. This is what the tennis podcast listeners want: <laughs> hot drink chat. Um, incidentally, just just two other quick things. I mean, one one is it seems to me that if they could just extend the duration of this tournament um, and spread it out a bit more, it would it would help. As a result, in, can you in imagine them making that announcement? <laughs> Guys, we know you're all already complaining about the length of the season and the situation of this thing and the calendar and it's all dreadful, but it's going to be even longer. No, they just need to shove Labour Cup out of the way or incorporate We know that, but we're not in charge. Come on, Roger. Sort it out. Um, Roger is busy in South America. There have been lots of things on social media about that. Uh, Incidentally, I've run a a pole vault in the last hour, and we've already had 546 votes in an hour. Um, Davis Cup finals. Catherine, Davis Cup finals thoughts (laughs) so far. What's your verdict? It's a mess, but I love it. 30%. No, but it has potential. 41%. Awful. Change it back. 29%. 29%. Those are the only three categories. Yeah, what else do your you views on One's views on Davis Cup have to neatly fit into one of those three descriptors. Correct. <sighs> I'm not winning this. I'm like, Matt, I've been trying for four, four years. We've been running pole vault now. I'm not getting any, any closer. <sighs> I like a pole vault for a binary match prediction. Oh, don't I you mean, start turning against I mean, me as well. I mean, I'm just, I mean, we've done four podcasts. That's probably two hours worth of content. I'm still not sure how I feel about the new Davis mm. Cup. Fine. <laughs> oh, Dave, oh, I feel that's bad a, that's now. A David's mic face. Drop right there. Honestly. David's, David's face. Got no <laughs> friends. I, I, know, I, I know that that doesn't come across on radio, but that made me sad. I'm he wear, briefly stopped grinning. I'm there. wearing my tennis podcast hoodie and everything, honestly. Anyway, <laughs> which you can buy yourself if you want one in our shop. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's let's end on a happy note. I mean, I should say, we're going to have to come back to this tomorrow about Italy against the United States because um, Matteo... Tennis is still happening. Matteo Berrettini was, was, was beating Taylor Fritz, who has turned it around. I mean, this is an extraordinary turn of events. Basically, he needs to win this, doesn't he, Fritz, to keep them in the whole Davis Cup. And he's won the yeah. second set on a tie break. He's 4-1 up in the third. So there's going to be a doubles coming your way at about five in the morning uh so anyway <laughs> question do yeah. i go to that do it does matt yes i think you do matt i think you can't i think i, I, think I have to don't i think I? you can't you can't avoid it you're too excited i can see by your face the what's holding me back is that whoever wins that tie could still not go through and i might have been have been here until 3am for a pointless an ultimately pointless match just to just to be clear folks it says on the courtside clock that matteo berrettini is looking at miserably 20 to 1 in the morning and there's still a doubles to come and they're only in the third <laughs> set <laughs> oh, uh, we will finish on this note um we had a look, a look on Urban Dictionary as I do every twelve minutes now, and we found an entry for on the boat, and it reads like this. And I didn't do it. I, I am not responsible for this. None of us are. 
Uh, but this is what's written. On the boat is being considered a male or female tennis player of endurance, character, substance, gusto and verve. Someone that can be depended on in moments of pressure in the high storms. A team player and one that could follow the orders of the skipper no matter what. To qualify to get on the boat, you need to be nominated, rated and approved by Catherine Whitaker, David Law and Matt Roberts from the best tennis podcast in the world. I genuinely didn't write this, uh, the, the tennis podcast. Catherine's dad has a boat and he needs only the elite tennis players handpicked to be his crew to take on the turmoil oceans of the ATP and WTA. Andy Murray is definitely on the boat. What do you think, Catherine? I think that we need to find whoever wrote that and I need to marry them. (laughs) (laughs) Assuming it's a sort of eligible male under the age of 40. Um, But yeah, it can be like Cinderella in the glass slipper. We need to find the writer of that Urban Dictionary entry. Well, I, that's the. F- My dad is in the Urban Dictionary, folks. That's the, that's... F- and that's the. F- we, we've had six hundred and seventeen episodes of the tennis podcast, and we've had our first marriage proposal. No, <laughs> no, you had actually, one earlier this year. Did we? D- did we? You did, didn't you? Didn't someone? I, there's I actually one like in I'm... an iTunes. One of our early iTunes reviews is called "Marry Me, Catherine?" Right. Question mark. Well, we... I think I think there was one this year this... from a gay man. Oh. oh, yes, I did get one from a gay man. Right. Yeah. This is the first outgoing one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. To somebody we, we don't even <laughs> yes, know who it is. it is. I mean, there are caveats attached. Right. Okay. <laughs> Very distinct caveats Probably attached. a good idea to insert that. Uh, okay, folks. Right, well, <laughs> Matt, Catherine and I are going to go on her rest up and uh, find out the results in the morning. Uh, you let us know in the morning how it's gone. Um, in fact, you'll probably be still awake. <laughs> so will be in this exact position yes i dare say <laughs> uh have a good have a good evening folks uh we've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph executive produced by tennisballs.com our mascot is rio with a y we're going to be here with you every single day for the rest of the davis cup finals uh we've got tennis podcast live on 2nd of december you can still get in the ballot if you want to scan down on your show notes and you'll be able to sign up and on the same days when we launch our Kickstarter. And you can get a reminder if you sign up on our link to support the Tennis Podcast in your show notes as well. That's about all my little parish notices for one week, uh, or for certainly one day. We'll be back tomorrow for another one of these. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.